Welcome to the Cold Email Community Podcast, where we're interviewing industry experts on their best cold email strategies and bringing them straight to you. I'm Richard Francis, co-founder at Coldlytics, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. You're about to hear an interview with Youssef, CEO and founder of The Scale Lab. After helping others raise more than $1 billion, he's created an agency that applies exactly what works to help companies grow their business. Let's get started. Tell us a little bit about who you are, kind of what you've done in the past, how you made the Forbes 30 under 30 list. We'd love to hear that story. <laughs> yeah, sure. Happy, happy to say that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, even uh, originally, I'm uh, half Moroccan, half Austrian, born and raised in uh, Casablanca, Morocco. Um, I would say uh, been wearing multiple hats, uh, started my career mostly with uh, tech companies such as uh, AWS and uh, Google. This is where I really found, found out that, okay, I wanted to be more in, uh, involved in, uh, in tech. Um, got quite interested in, I would say, uh, growing companies in, uh, in general uh, while I was there. Um, then very, switched, uh, very quickly switched to a company called Web Summit, where I was uh, working with the investors relations team. Um, this is where we were helping uh, startups to raise funds. Uh, and we did that across uh, US, Europe, uh, Asia as well. With the team, we collectively uh, supported startups to to raise up to one billion uh, US uh, collectively, um, and I said through some of that work, through some of uh, other work that I was doing on the side, helping uh, startups raise funds specifically and grow. Uh, this is what got me through the to the uh, Forbes 30 under 30 list in uh, in Asia specifically. Um, so that was uh, the first time my parents were finally proud about uh, what I was doing, <laughs> you know, some level of social recognition. Um, but I would say all in all, uh, what I'm doing now, I'm the founder and CEO of a company called The Scale Lab. We're a uh, B2B degeneration software and services company. So we help essentially uh, sales teams to be fueled with uh, warm leads. Uh, and we do that continuously so that they don't have to focus on finding the prospects and engaging with them. The only thing they need to take care of is uh, talking to the, the leads that, that come in and actually making the sale. It really came from a problem that we saw quite a lot. You know, companies have sales teams, account managers, and so on, uh, but they spend half of their time searching for uh, companies and also trying to find ways to engage with them. The problem is that the, some of the engagements that they create were, I would say, odd or wrong sometimes, so they would miss their first shots. And a lot of the, a lot of the times when you do cold outreaches, be it uh, through email, phone, in person, whatever that is, um, it deals a lot with uh, what first impression you uh, you make, uh, and that that was a super important point. So one part was finding the prospects, so the data level of it, and identifying them, and so on, and then finding ways to engage with them uh, that would really trigger their interest and make a connection really positive for long term sale. Then that was kind of where we got. Yeah, that's great. And I think it's really cool that you have this background in VC because that experience is so directly correlated with having a, hypo a hypothesis in a company and making sure it actually succeeds and saying, hey, this Absolutely. is what we think is going to happen. But we're actually putting our money on that. We're betting our chips here and saying, hey, we really think that's what's going to happen. And mm -hmm. we're going to be paying for it if we find out wrong. So it's pretty cool that you've come from that background that's so high stakes by comparison, or maybe equally high stakes actually being on the other side of the table. And now as a business owner, a founder, you're saying, hey, I know what scales. I've seen it scale. We've invested in things that scaled up to a billion dollars in investments. Now I'm going to take this expertise and apply it to my own business. And I think that's so cool. I love that. 
Yeah, well, I mean, if I can add up on uh, that part is what I find also very interesting in this is, of course, VC money is, is good whenever you want to accelerate uh, a growth because if you do it on your own fund, I mean, it, I would advise if you don't have to raise to not raise, of course, it's, uh, it's a lot better, I would say, in some ways. Uh, but VC money comes in really a good place when you need to accelerate that growth, you know, hire people, uh, develop a product and, uh, and so on. And you can do it on your own funds. But the thing is, like, whenever you uh, get that money in, you will grow, of course. But growing as a team means also that you need to grow uh, your sales. And that part of the sales was a part that I thought was kind of missing a lot of the times. You know, like, what do you do with the, all of this money? How do you engage more uh, more customers? And this is where the Scale Lab, so the company I, I run now, also comes in. Really in that specific part of, okay, you, you raise, you want to grow more. We can actually help you do that in a very efficient way. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, well, let's jump in and hear a little bit about scaling through cold email. So um, one of the things that you've mentioned to me on our last call was the significance of that first email, and you've kind of alluded to it already, versus the follow-ups. Why don't we start there? Tell us about the significance of the first email and how you view it at the Scale Lab and what you do. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're, you're totally right. And maybe to give some, uh, some references, I mean, uh, last year, we, we've been able to generate over uh, 2000 leads. And that was through email specifically, we have another subset uh, that does it uh, with, uh, with LinkedIn, and also a combination of email and LinkedIn. But the reason why I mentioned this is, it's very, very competitive to use emails, actually, it's, it's a very comp competitive uh, market. Um, there's a few studies that show that uh, an individual receives about 121 emails a day. Um, so if you send an email among most likely a lot of other cold emails to a prospect, then you're actually competing directly with, uh, with others. And you might even be competing with existing solutions that they, that they have. So the level of attention and interest that you start off from is extremely, extremely low. And the difference also with email with compared to, I would say, an in-person meeting or a call is that the person has the option to also not reply. Of course, you cannot pick up a phone if, uh, if you want, but the email can lay there forever. It's just going to be dumped at some point and, you know, be in the void of those unread messages that just being clicked, unread or trashed in, uh, in the spam. So the whole goal is how do you stand out uh, and how whenever you get in touch with someone, you make a good impression so that not only the email is open, but you actually trigger a reply. And that's really a key factor because no matter what you, what you do, that first step uh, has to be really thought thought about because uh, this is what's going to generate your results uh, ultimately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. love that. So I know that you're going to provide a template here for our listeners. Yes. I'm excited to share that with everybody. But tell us a little bit about what step one in that template looks like and how it correlates. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. I mean, there's um, there's a few things. So on the uh, email template that we uh, that we developed, and anyone listening here can uh, access it. We'll we'll publish it on our on our website as well. And it's really something that we've built over time of trialing multiple types of uh, of emails, and it's really a combination or aggregation of the best tips that we uh, that we got. So in that template sheet, there's actually two two things that you get. Uh, first is a is a like a series of four uh, subject lines, uh, some of which we saw work really well. Um, just to get someone's attention, and then a, uh, a template email that you can use uh, to personalize your your approach with someone. Let me start first, maybe with the uh, with the subject line, um, because we want to give to anyone listening, also to to the podcast, uh, some uh, very uh, actionable tips here. Um, the first thing that anyone sees on their either phone or desktop, whichever uh, device they uh, they use, is the subject line. 
So thinking, thinking that through and personalizing it, we find typically that personalizing it with a prospect's name and even asking a question within that, uh, that uh, first email does trigger really good open rates. Something, sim something like um, meet next week, chat next week, question mark, or chat next week, Matt, for example, with your, uh, with your first name, does trigger someone's, uh, someone's attention because it's just very much linked to them. Something that I want to give into the, the background here of writing emails uh, is kind of the old world of writing emails and the new world of uh, writing uh, emails. The old world is very much focused on selling, sending something to, to someone that is a pitch uh, that is really focused on me, me, me. It's really, we see that a lot. I mean, we all receive these emails of, hi, my name is this, I do this, my company does that, and we can help your company achieve this. Are you interested? Uh, and that's uh, the standard, uh, I'll say, call to action. The problem with this is that uh, if you send an email like this, most likely there's yeah, hundreds of other people who are sending the same email to the prospect. So you're actually not differentiating at all. Uh, you might have personalized your first name, good, but everyone else has as well. So there's no difference. You might have uh, personalized your company name, super easy to do, everybody does it as well. So there's still no difference. Uh, and you haven't spoken to the prospect. Um, one maybe advice or one, uh, one tip that I could give to, to people would be to check a, a very interesting uh, persona that's called uh, Josh Brown. You can take a look at, at him on uh, LinkedIn. has really good content about uh, cold approaches, can be phone or, or email. Um, yeah. Something he speaks about is really about, he calls it the concept of uh, depositing. So you deposit value to someone before you can actually withdraw it. But the concept is very simple, is you need to give before you can get something. Um, the reason why I say this is when you approach someone, this is the new way now of engaging over email. Your email has to be extremely personalized and not talk too much about yourself, but talk a lot about the prospect because you want to differentiate. You want to actually stand out from the crowd by making sure that you have an icebreaker that is very specific to that person. Maybe even something that can add value to their work or, or already at the, fir or the first go. Uh, but your email needs to be read as if it was handwritten as if you had taken a big level of, uh, uh, of homework uh, before, uh, before it's been sent. So the point again is to stand out and it comes uh, to a lot of work to, to do. Um, so I've been saying this, now the headline is one thing and this has to be personalized and then we come into the, the copy. Maybe before we speak, uh, speak about the copy, I can talk about one of the first steps of uh, your lead generation which is the data. Um, I don't know how much you want to talk about uh, data on here, because uh, I think you're probably more, more of an expert than, uh, than I am. Um, yeah, well, I'm happy to uh, summarize a little bit of our positioning on it, and we'd love to hear yours too, because everybody kind of views sure. data a little bit differently, but I think the longer you're in this game, the more emails you've sent, we all kind of move towards the same place, which is the better data you start with, the better your outcome is going to be. <coughs> Excuse me. So. I was chatting with somebody yesterday and they said, hey, you know, what's the, what's the difference between uh, getting, getting data in one source versus another? And they were comparing our platform to somebody else. I said, at the end of the day, it's like ingredients that you cook with. If you're going to try and impress your guests with a meal, I wouldn't want to cook with ingredients from the dollar store. You know, that's, that's okay. You can get cheap data. You can get things that don't work very well and you can get the outcomes, but your percentage is going to be so much lower than if you'd started with a qualified list of prospects that you actually had something of value to give to those people. You could blast a million people in the world, but if there are a million of the wrong people, it's such a shame. You could have talked to 10 of the right people 
and not pissed off a million people with your cold email <laughs> and had a much better series of conversations and created less headaches. So uh, really the quality over quantity really applies early in the process. And I would say it actually dwindles later on. It's more about volume later, but when you get started in this process, in my perspective, you should start with the best quality data that you can. It's putting the best race fuel in your car because you want to get the furthest fastest. And at the end of the day, it's going to be about how many miles did you go? How many emails did you send? Did you do it consistently? And that's what's going to drive the long-term result. But if you start with nothing, then you're just going to end up with something very mediocre as a result. So really the data quality in the beginning is something I'm really passionate about, but uh, would love to hear your take on, on data quality. No, absolutely. And I actually, actually really like the comparison with, uh, with the spices. Cause I mean, we, we say a lot that uh, the data is really the raw material by which you're going to build up your, uh, your campaigns. And if you start with something that's really bad, then the rest of your campaign, no matter what you write, no matter how you personalize, imagine if you send an email to, uh, to someone whose email address is actually wrong uh, or outdated or anything. Well, what's the point in the end? It's simple. It's sometimes it's as simple as that, but the focus on your data from the start um, is, uh, is critical. And I think a lot of the times people who are not necessarily in the field underestimate this so they only realize how important it is when you start and when you do your first campaigns and you realize oh actually i spent so much time trying to find this list of 10 100 2000 which, whichever amount you want of, uh, of emails and i didn't focus on the quality of those uh, uh, those lists it's not only the quality of emails and it's super important but it's also the quality of the research that goes into who you're going to target because you want to target the right the right personas. You want to make sure that you know exactly who you're specifically targeting so that you can then get uh, that as a very, very uh, narrowed list. Um, I think for us, it's probably the first uh, key factor of success in, uh, in, in this industry. And that's something we focus a lot, uh, a lot on. Um, we have our own systems, of course, uh, internally the, that allows us, one, to define personas with, with our clients, we really predefine everything before we start anything. That's the first step that we that we take. Um, and then once we have defined this, we go about searching these uh, these profiles and generating some level of data from them. Anywhere from you know their first names, company names, titles, things that they've done in the past, maybe some level of activity, and then finding their emails, uh, LinkedIn URLs, so all the social media URLs and so on, which is all information that we can then use into our email copy. And that's super important because. I will say something very that might sound very banal, but if you only have someone's first name, then your level of personalization is limited to the first name. But the more you can get, the more you can uh, personalize to. So that's super important. And a company like Codelytics, I think, does that really, really well um, by having you know that whole research uh, aspect of it. And I mean, you're you're getting good spices for uh, lead generators like us, so <laughs> we're happy to cook the uh, the marketing then. I appreciate that. What's your opinion on over-personalization versus being more minimal? I've heard people do tests that said, hey, you know, they reached a point where we personalized to a point that it was just kind of too much. And I've heard other people say, hey, you know, that personalization, the more I personalized it, the better results I got. And my personal hypothesis was, hey, the first guy probably creeped him out. And the second guy was probably so human, they would have never known that it was a scaled email campaign. So what's your opinion on that? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, I think it's a good question, um, especially since uh, personalization would take also some level of time. So there's an investment in, there's a cost, of course, uh, for it, because if you want to generate 
other types of information, then you'll have to gather it in, in some ways. Uh, either you'll have to pay for it or you have to spend time in building it. Um, so for example, in our approach, and you'll see the template that, uh, that we've been talking, talking about, it's a template actually that has, has helped us uh, reach over 90% open rates and even over, over 60% uh, reply rates, sometimes up to 80% uh, reply, reply rates. Um, that's worked really well. It's an email opener, so it's the first email in the whole, whole sequence. Um, and that, that actually worked well because I think there was kind of the right amount of personalization. Things that are easy to get, first yeah. name, company name, titles, or industry, very simple. And then we use uh, an icebreaker. I think everybody knows what an icebreaker is, but the point is since we're doing a cold email, we want to break that first uh, cold temperature uh, by bringing something that is really specific to the prospect. So something that they, ha they have done. We typically research it even uh, manually sometimes um, and include that in the, uh, in the outreach. The point is really to be specific about them, something that they have achieved in the past, something that their company is, uh, is uh, offering, like their range of services and so on, just to make sure that we actually show the prospect we were also interested in them. The point uh, of emailing, and that's, I think, something that's super important and that's really in our DNA, we're not sending cold emails to sell something. Nobody is selling on, uh, on email. The email is meant to connect. It's meant to create a long-term relationship with the prospect. So we're really shifting from just mere selling over email, like, oh, hey, here's my pitch deck. Would you like to buy? To actually building uh, connections. The sale might happen after you've connected first, but you need to create that first, uh, first step. So to get back to your answer of uh, per too much versus too, uh, too little, um, I do think that too little actually won't help you stand out at all. Uh, and not even talking about the size of your, your email, it's really about what do you put in, the, in there. Um, and too much might be too time consuming sometimes uh, if you spend really a lot of time doing it. So it's a matter of, uh, of results. Uh, I would say doing a balance of things that you can get very easily by providers like uh, Codelytics, for example, and other things that you have to do manually for this is uh, the icebreaker or sending a personalized video to someone, this has really a result. Again, Matt, the point is about making the best first impression. Uh, so there needs to be some level of homework done to, to get that. Yeah, excellent, excellent. I wanna circle back to the template. Over the next five minutes, let's walk through your template and here start to finish what the steps are in that process. Walk us through it. Yeah, of course. So uh, in the template, simply what we have are a subject lines that anyone can try. There, there are four, so you can do different, uh, different tests uh, to see which one works best for you. And then on the email template itself, um, it's, an, uh, it's an opener. Uh, it's really the first email that, that somebody gets. What we focus on is first step is talking about the prospect themselves. We never start with saying, I do this, I do that, because then, first of all, everybody else does it. But there's also a simple point, which is, you have to think about how your email is uh, pre-visualized. So the, basically the email blurb, uh, you know, when you open your, uh, your phone, you get a notification, there's a few characters that you can already see and they tell you whether or not you want to answer to that text message or whether or not you want to answer to that email or open it now or, or, or later. Same for, for the desktop. The Average length of a uh, email text blurb is anywhere between 40 to 130 characters because it would change from the client uh, whether you use Outlook or Gmail, whether you use iPhone or Android, and, uh, and so on. Um, so make sure that in those first characters, you have things that relate 
immediately to the um, to the prospect. What we start with is saying that we're intrigued by the company, so that right away they see that we speak about uh, about them, and then we tell talk about their uh, the industry actually things that uh, they do in their in, in the industry, so that they see right away that we speak about them and not necessarily about us. Then we make a connection between that first sentence talking about uh, about them and the industry and saying that we actually also work with companies in that same industry uh, to achieve a specific uh, outcome. And that's something that every company has to define. Our outcome is to help companies uh, generate more uh, more revenue. And that's something that, uh, that we do. And then we actually just um, simply put some other custom variables. So the role of the person we're reaching out to, their location as well. So again, it's really focused about them. We drop again the company name just to make sure that the person knows that we are still talking about uh, about them. And we'll finish with an action title, uh, which is about just catching up for a, quick, uh, for a quick talk. The point and the tone of this email is to be human, to be 80% focused on the prospect, 20% on, on yourself, making sure it's about them, not about you. And it actually ends up making people feel comfortable. So I would try that. I mean, I, I advise anyone to try it. It has given really good results, as said, over 90% open rates with the subject lines and the blurb that you can have and over a 60% reply rate because again, it's really focused on the, on the prospect. Excellent. Yeah, love that. I think everything you said there is bang on. It aligns with every episode we've recorded the date. I think, I, again, I said this in the last episode, but it's really nice to hear these recurring things and writing an email that's about them and not about you and really saying, hey, you know, we're catching your attention early on with something that's of value to you. And with that, sometimes you still don't get them on that first email. So let's move to that second email in the sequence and kind of your methodology with follow-ups in this template. Yeah, yeah that's, I think, again, it's a good question about the, uh, the follow-ups. Um, this is an email opener and it shouldn't be the last email of your uh, sequence. Um, a lot of the times, you know, you're busy as well. And it, it does happen that you'd see an email, you forget to respond to it, even though you read it or you put it as marked as, uh, as unread. Um, and you're not always in the head of, uh, of your prospects. So just coming back nicely again uh, is an important thing. I mean, we've seen that uh, about 30 to 40% of the replies that we get come from the second, third, or fourth uh, follow-up that, uh, that we do. So missing out on that on the list of, I would say, uh, 100 prospects, it's like almost half of it. Um, oh. So thinking about doing this, I would say we speak to a lot of people who have the issue of not being able to do it because they think they have to do it manually. So thinking about who you need to follow up with is really tedious process. Um, but there's a lot of softwares now that uh, allow you to do this. I mean, we're, we're using a, a software called Lemlist. Uh, we're also their agency partner here in, uh, in Asia. So of course I would advise using them. They have a good level of, um, uh, of personalization, um, but there's a lot more. There's the reply.io of this world, the outreach.io, and any other email client that allows you to build sequences Automate them will just save you an enormous amount of time, plus bring you a lot of results. So it's highly advisable to use them. Love it. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you had a specific subject line that you like to use when things have gone quiet and it's a good prospect and you want to try and re-engage them. Tell us about that. Yeah, I like this one. It's um, something that um, I'd say it's a bit the, uh, out of the box uh, thinking because as we said earlier on, the subject line is the first thing that the prospect sees. It's really important to uh, emphasize on, uh, on that one. Um, something that we tried and that works, I wouldn't say you should put it in a sequence. It's rather 
something to use as you know your last uh, last bullet if a prospect that you want to engage with hasn't responded yet or you've sent a proposal but you haven't heard back from the person after two weeks even though they said they would come back and so on um, the subject line that we use and we actually manually type it is between brackets no subject uh, and all small caps and that's actually when you use gmail you can try a test uh, for yourself when you send an email to someone and you forgot to put up a, uh, a subject line this is what uh, what appears since nobody i mean so everybody actually uses uh, subject lines writing an email with no subject line just stands out right away from uh, from the crowd of uh, emails that anyone uh, receives and allows you to trigger a prospect's attention or someone someone's attention and if you use the blurb right anywhere anything that follows up to uh, what you, you what you were supposed to talk about i mean we got some really good results <laughs> out of that one that's really like the the last bullet to use whenever you you need to to get a response from someone no subject so going against the the crowd and actually not using an, uh, a headline does give some results too awesome fantastic thank you Seth. i appreciate all the value that you put into this i think the things that stood out the most to me again and it's kind of reiterating what uh, what other people have been saying in this space and it's that making an email that's about them and is relationship based rather than sales based is so important uh, the value of your follow-ups you know you said nearly half of the results you get come through the third and fourth follow-up which is incredible and i've heard that many many times um, so it's really good to consistently hear these themes uh, we talked about data quality and the yeah. significance of starting with good ingredients when you're making this recipe for success here so I think all of these things are recurring themes and if everybody's saying it there's a reason and if you're listening to this podcast and you're saying hey i'm not getting results what am i not doing you're probably overthinking some particular aspect of it because these are the fundamentals these are the basics and if you can fall back to the basics and say hey i'm going to throw out my templates that don't work i'm going to write a new email today and i'm just going to test it and see what it does you'll know what you need to do because if people come back and they're upset with your email or they don't like it you're still selling and you need to break that mold and say hey i'm not selling anymore i'm going to serve people i'm going to talk about them i'm going to get them excited to hear about themselves because that's what humans like to hear they like to hear about themselves so if we can do that for people through automation we're actually serving them and giving them value just by telling them about themselves in a cold email and being able to bridge that through follow-ups and saying hey you know we're reaching out for a reason we've got something valuable to you then it's a natural fluid conversation rather than a whole hard cold pitch coming through an email which is what we're all seeing in our inboxes every day and is the reason that many people believe cold email is dead because everybody's hitting that spam button trash and uh, it's really the difference is personalization and being human at scale so i think everything you've said is spot on yeah well i mean your summary right there was uh, was totally, totally spot on it's really about connecting with uh, with people you know giving before you can get something and that works with two steps. If I can just summarize on my, on my end as well, the data you can get, key factor of success. Just don't dismiss this. This is super important because it will just entail how your campaign goes. And right away after, it's the copywriting and the softwares you use to uh, personalize and, and follow up. These are really the two pillars that uh, I would focus on. So yeah, as you said, if you've done things wrong before, start from scratch, you can always make it. Have a trial for yourself. I mean, there's resources uh, that you offer, Matt, as well, that I think are really good. Uh, same, I mean, if you want to try the template or any any other, happy to uh, happy have to, happy to have uh, anyone's comments on that one too. Awesome. Well, we're going to put a link to the Scale Lab in this podcast description of the podcast notes. Um, so anybody that is looking for help with their campaigns or wants to pass off this 
like the burden of a process. If you're not used to it, if you're not having fun doing it, talk to the scale lab, talk to Yousef, talk to his team, because uh, I'd strongly recommend working with an expert. You can only afford to lose so much traction in a business before you need to say, hey, what I'm doing doesn't work and we need to invest in something that does. Um, so double down on things that work. And if cold email isn't working for you, it's not because it's not a fit for your business. It's simply because you haven't broken the code. And people like Yousef have seen this work in many, many businesses from his VC background into the scale lab now. So strongly recommend reaching out there. And if you are working with poor quality data, then of course we're Coldlytics and you can reach out to us as well. We're happy to help you out. Um, with that guys, we'll close out the podcast and thanks for listening. Awesome. Thanks everyone. Take care.